This is the Sunday special. I'm here with my pal, Nikki G, and good morning. Well, actually, it's good afternoon, Nicola. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm great. How are you? I'm great. I've So I've worked with you now for 18 months. What is it? So no, no, no. 13 months. 14, maybe 14 months. And this is the first time I'm seeing casual Nikki G. Even like going over <laughs> your house, you look like you could be like going to a dinner party when I went over your house to have dinner with you and your husband. So I, I got Nikki G, folks. You can't see this, but I got Nikki G in a hoodie today, and I'm loving it. Like, I need more casual Nikki G, like normal, human, non-professional Nikki G. That's good shit right there. I really like that. So good afternoon, Nikki G. It is a pleasure to see you today. You know, I did not think my hoodie would receive such a warm welcome, so love this. You know, growing yeah. up in Pennsylvania, there, there's certain things that remind you of your, your upbringing. And for me, it's um, creating cool weather when we don't really have it. I mean, down here, the temperature dropped just a little bit. And I felt like that would be great hoodie weather. <laughs> yeah, no. So, it, and the temperature hasn't even. It's So, no. folks, so you know, if you're in like Maine or if you're. My client or my friends in Calgary who are listening to this, the temperature is 84 degrees today <laughs> and she's got this hoodie on, but she looks like you look like 18 year old Nikki G in a dorm room. Like you look like it, like you're like you're going to go like run down the hall and meet the pizza guy. Like two things you don't do, right? Run down the hall and pizza. <laughs> So what we're going to talk about today, I got four things on the agenda for today. The first thing is content creation. So you and I are, we, we get, people ask us all the time, and this happened last week at breakfast, uh, another consultant came up to us and she said to us, do you batch your content? And we do, we, we meet once a week and record our Inside BS show. Uh, I do content all the time. My my business is like 70% delivering content. My business development is almost 100% content delivery. So what we're going to talk about today for ESL, Exit Success Lab, is amping up. That's not the right word. Ramping up our content production. So we need to, for, this is, I'm recording this with her, with Nicola right now in, what the hell month is it? September. If I didn't have it right in front of me, I wouldn't know. It's September. It's the end of September, 2023. By January, we need to 10X our content. So we're producing, we're producing seven pieces of content a week in the form of this show, right? So we, we have moved away from daily video because it's such a pain in the neck to edit it and we all have to get dressed up and we have to be conscious of every little thing including background and everything else audio's easier audio's quicker so we're doing five days a week of audio and we will probably do well actually we're doing seven days a week of audio including the saturday side side hustle side show <laughs> my whole life is a side show <laughs> the saturday side hustle and the Sunday special, we're doing seven weeks of seven days of audio, and we will be doing hopefully two two days a week of video, and those will just be interviews. And what we're doing is we're batching the audio. We record the audio all in one day, and then the video is whenever, whenever, basically whenever Nicole is available because she's at the mercy of a trial calendar right now, trial schedule. So 
we need to 10x that. So if we're doing seven, we need to get, I mean, 70 is not even enough. We need, we need three. So we're, and we're going to expand to TikTok, Instagram, and we're going to do YouTube shorts starting in January. So we need three of each on each of those platforms. And even that's probably not enough. It can be the same three and it can be repurposed content. So that means that we need 90 pieces of shorts a month. Some of it can be gotten from the long form video. Some of it needs to be original and some of it can be what I would call like reality based. So I'm going to we Nicole and I talked about it yesterday. I'm going to take a camera with me when I do these, I don't know, million freaking in-person speaking gigs. And every one of them seems like it's different, although the content is similar. So we're going to have stuff from that. So let's think about content for, for a minute and think about where we can get content from. So the first thing for the two of us to get to get more content from is the interviews that we're doing. So if we have somebody who can watch those interviews all the way through and pull out maybe in an, in an interview. So we did a great interview yesterday with Gina Nelson, Gina, the HR genius. Was that yesterday or the day before? That was yesterday. Um, we did a great, great interview with Jeannie yesterday. So maybe we can get in a 45-minute interview, what do you think? Maybe we can get 10 good one-minute shorts out of that. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's realistic. Yeah? So we can get 10 good shorts out of a 45-minute interview. So arguably, if we do five of those or eight of those a month, okay, we can probably get, maybe we can get, conservatively 50 to 80 pieces of content out of that which is great and then if we do if we do one day a month where each of us does 10 just specific shorts then we get 10 out of that so I mean we can that's another 20 so that that could be a hundred which is great if if I do six CEO sessions a month and they let me use a camera in all of them with the camera just on me. Maybe we could get, I don't know, 10 out of each of those. Maybe we can get 60. So there's, there's enough, there will be enough, there will be enough shorts content out there for us. So the whole X factor in that is that having a person, bringing in a person to watch all of this and extract the shorts. Because when we, when we were experimenting with it, I was doing that. And it's so the the production time is like so you got you let's say we do an hour interview with somebody no more two hour we, we decided together no more two hour interviews we're not doing that anymore <laughs> Nicole is just she's shaking her head it's, it's not the see. actual interview process of taking two hours and we love speaking with our guests it's 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 we love speaking with our guests so that it's not the two hours of sitting down with a guest it's the production piece of it that takes a long time on the back end that we didn't appreciate would take as long as it did and these are things that you learn as you go and you're starting a business and you adjust so we are adjusting our interview times to um, ease the burden on those who are part of our production team yeah so if you think about it so here's what po for those of you who are uninitiated and, and Nicola, you may not even know this. So here's what post production looks like. You do an interview with somebody. The raw interview has to be pulled down from the software that we use. So I pull it down and then I take each interview has four separate tracks. There's my audio and my video. Well, actually, it's six separate tracks with three people. 
my audio and my video, separate track, Nicola's audio, her video, the guest's audio, the guest's video. I pull all of those down. I take all of those and I put them in a Google Drive folder. So all of that requires high-speed internet to download to a desktop computer, then high-speed internet to upload to a desktop computer. Now, why do I say high-speed internet like it's something special here in the year 2023? If I'm on the road, if I'm in a Hyatt place in, I don't know, uh, Cranberry, Ohio, okay, high-speed internet in the Hyatt place in Cranberry, Ohio, is very different from high-speed internet in my office. <laughs> high-speed internet in Cranberry, Ohio looks like this. Dave gets up at 4 in the morning, starts to download the audio and video, makes coffee, drinks coffee, takes a shower, has the audio downloaded and the video downloaded, then uploads it to Google Drive, goes down to the lobby and gets breakfast <laughs> and comes back and everything's done. That's like a three-hour process if you're in a Hyatt place, okay? In my office, it's 15 minutes. But even 15 minutes is a long time because of the size. Because we, like, for example, the, the high-speed internet downloads uncompressed audio and video because the editor can't have compressed audio and video. He delivers back to us compressed audio and video. When you download, like those of you downloading like porn at home or downloading your whatever, your sports content, you're downloading compressed video. That's video that's that's been nicely packaged for quick downloads to your computer. And when you're streaming stuff, it downloads packets so that it doesn't get hung up and it doesn't render constantly. We're working with uncompressed stuff, which still, even with, you know, 1,000 Mbps connections, it takes a couple of minutes to download and upload. YouTube, when we finally, so that, that this is the beginning of the process. So the, the editor delivers back to us a completed video. Somebody's got a quality control that video. So that's me. I quality, so if the hour, if the video is an hour long, let's say, I got to watch a whole hour of video. And I can't watch it on double speed because if I watch it on double speed, I might miss something somebody said that should have been edited out. Plus, our editor is creating graphics for us. And our editor is a wonderful, he's great, he's a nice guy. Our main editor now is a fantastic guy, but he's he's got a European education, so he spells some words differently. Not wrong, just different. And our audience is primarily U.S., so we got to correct some of those things capitalizations, like the, uh, some of the, there's little stuff that gets incorporated. So there's an hour long quality control process. Separate and apart from that, then once the video is finalized, then I can watch it on double speed and time code it. So an hour long video, then I spend another half hour, a third time watching it to time code it, to, to put in the quote unquote chapters for YouTube. We had our producer doing that for a while, but our producer is from the Philippines. And our producer, again, has like European education and doesn't really know which content should be highlighted for the chapters like we do. So that's a third time it has to be watched. So after all that's done, then that gets uploaded to YouTube and then the summary for the video has to be written. Now we've experimented with ChatGPT doing that, some of it. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's at way off, and sometimes most of the time it's in the middle. So what, what you do is then you take the video and you send it out to a transcription service. And I don't use humans to transcribe it anymore. It takes too long, too expensive. We use AI to transcribe it. So I send it to a transcription service. The transcript comes back. I then have to read the transcript because 
Nikki G is spelt N-I-C-K-I and then the letter G period. It always comes back N-I-K-K-I. So we have to find and replace all that stuff. I say gonna and wanna and shoulda. And I got to replace that with going to, want to, should have, right? I'm trying to speak more properly so I do less edits, but the transcript has to be fixed. And then once you download that transcript, you put in the speaker names and everything, and then you take that transcript and you can upload that transcript into ChatGPT with a command prompt that I'm getting really good at writing that says, write a, write a show summary for this transcript. Do not bold anything. Do not use emojis. And you put in that command prompt and you can put in up to 1,500 words at a time. Our videos, 30-minute video, averages 4,000 words. So you have to tell ChatGPT, this is part one, this is part two, this is part three, this is part four. You upload each of those, ChatGPT writes you a summary that'll get you about 50 to 60% of the way there, which is still saving time. And then you take that, you fix it all up, and you put it in the YouTube transcript, and we post it on YouTube if it's a video. If it's an audio, I download, I post it right into the transcript system, the audio transcript system. Then I have to put in thumbnail design instructions, very specific thumbnail design instructions to the person who designs our thumbnails. So for example, the, the blind spot one, I put in uh, thumbnail colon Nikki G and Dave uh, with blindfolds on. We don't have pictures of us with blindfolds on. So this person is a freaking magician and they somehow find a picture of us and they somehow get blindfolds on our head and it comes out great every time. So, but the day the show goes live, I look at the thumbnail because we, we do these everything last minute and occasionally there's a thumbnail that I'm like, shit, I know Nicola's going to hate this. And we pull it down and I say, replace Nicola with me. <laughs> I don't care what I look like, but I really care what Nicola looks like. And then the show goes up and, and then we need to get thumbnails to Nicola so she can use the thumbnail to post on social media, LinkedIn, whatever, and a thumbnail to me. So now we have our producer doing all that. So that's just for one piece of content that goes on YouTube, that goes out as a podcast, and that is a LinkedIn post from each of us. Then 30 days later, the producer takes that same content and puts it up on the Inside BS LinkedIn page as a post with the, with the thumbnail. The next day, she puts a link in the, in the comments on that post to the show. And we're doing that just to have content on the LinkedIn page. And the reason she puts the comment with the with the link up the next day is just so that it's not the same person posting the comment the same day. I'm told that the LinkedIn algorithm will degrade it if the same person posts a comment the same day. I don't have time. Nicola doesn't have time to go in there and post that as a comment. So we just let the show producer do it. That's the process today for one piece of created content. And that has to change. We can't, we don't have the time to do this. So that's a, a, what, 15 minute way of describing why we need to hire somebody to do this. So Nicola, I interviewed somebody last week. Nicola has an interview with them this week. And if all goes well, we will bring somebody on that can take our past content and pull out some shorts for us and we can use those shorts. So we're gonna start hopefully in October which is in a week, seven days, eight days, well, 31 days, nine days. We, October begins. She will start saving shorts content. 
And our goal, my goal for us is to be 90 days ahead of the shorts content. So we start with this stuff in October and she can bank 100 shorts for January at the end of October, 100 shorts for February at the end of November, 100 shorts for March at the end of December. So that if you get bogged down in a trial, we've got 300 shorts in the bank. If we can only create 25 in a month, we're not going to fall behind. What do you think? Yeah, this we need this to be able to ease the burden on us and to get more content out there. It is all about content today, and those shorts do so well. But you know, you're you're hearing it live. It's there's a lot that goes into it, and we're at the point where we need somebody to manage that process to free up our time. Um, that's a, that's a lot of content we're talking about getting in place. But look, you also have to announce your goals out loud, as Dave and I both know, um, and you will find a way to achieve them. And we both do that personally a lot um, in, in our personal lives and our business lives. So you're hearing it here today. We've got a um, heavy lift to get there, but I'm, I'm confident that we will and we'll be in a much better position with the show when we have all that additional content because obviously what we're doing is driving subscribers, expanding our audience, and helping this become you know, more successful. The shorts the shorts drive subscribers are YouTube, on YouTube, uh, specifically on the shorts – 100% drives like 10, 10 times the number of subscribers. When, when I posted the two weeks when I posted three shorts a day, I, I almost had a nervous breakdown. But when I posted three shorts a day for two weeks, we we had probably our total number of subscribers since you and I have been doing the show together. Probably 20% of those new subscribers, not people we knew, people who were, found us, discovered us. The twenty percent of the new twenty percent of the new subscribers came from those two weeks when we posted the shorts. So shorts drive subscriber drive subscribers. I I wasn't into TikTok, and then in these CEO sessions, like when we're taking a break, I ask people where they get their information. These CEOs who are like my age and younger, your age, they're on TikTok watching TikTok videos. They're watching TikTok videos to learn how to do a better workout in the gym. They're watching TikTok videos to for of people who are giving like three three minute and one minute like talks that are inspiring to them. They still watch a lot of YouTube. Older people, like my kids' age, don't watch YouTube. But older, well, my son does for sports content and for he watches a lot of long form content. My daughter, who's thirteen, well, she will be thirteen. She's she's only almost exclusively TikTok and Instagram. My wife is on TikTok and Instagram for the stuff that she's interested in. She's interested in a lot of professional and personal improvement stuff. She's interested in a lot of cooking and kitchen stuff, and it's all TikTok all like the how-to movement has moved to TikTok. But the long form stuff is still really, really good on YouTube. So we gotta be on YouTube, we're gonna have to be on TikTok. We're gonna have to do, as much as I hate it, we're gonna have to do some Instagram stuff. So we're gonna have to create a separate Instagram channel, I think just for the show, um, create a separate TikTok channel just for the show and have somebody, somebody managing just TikTok, Instagram and the YouTube shorts aspect of it. We we have a decent process in place for YouTube, and if it's only two a week, it's easier to manage than five a week, for sure. It's much easier to manage than five a week. So that's content. We touched on talent a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about now. We So I have hated 
having employees. I had 300 employees when I was at Marriott. I had uh, each of my consulting teams had like 25 to 30 like brilliant people, like PhD level, MBA, quantitative analysis people. When I was at Gallup, I had three teams at the at the peak, and each of those teams had 25 to 30 people, and that's 90 personalities. At Marriott, it was 300 personalities, and I hated it. I absolutely hated it. So for the entire time I've had my own business since 2007, I've not had any employees. But I think we need employees to scale this business. So we're going to have to have employees. So when you come on full time, you will be managing the employees. Congratulations. Yeah, God thank bless you. you. Super excited for that role. <laughs> Inheriting all of the issues that come along with that. No, in, in all seriousness, we, we do. We do need people to help us. And we've been talking about that. So. We and we and we talked to somebody this week without without revealing the identity of the person. I don't know if the person listens to the show, but I I don't think anybody listens to the Sunday show, so I don't care. Um, We talked to somebody yesterday who we both thought was fantastic. Let's describe for the folks why we thought this person was so fantastic. What did you like about the person? And the, the role we were talking about was essentially like a sales role, a business development role. What did you like so much about the person we met with yesterday? Well, I can't I can't pinpoint just one thing. So let me give you my top three. Um, one, the person that we spoke with was very knowledgeable in the professional role that they per- currently hold. I mean, just we, we fired questions off left and right. And it sounded like an interview at certain points, because I think we were just really interested in what this professional does for a living. And the responses we got back told me this person knows business inside and out and understands it really, really well. Um, This person, point number two, this person has a very impressive network. Um, Something that, you know, we've looked for as, as Dave and I have built out different professional groups together. So that's always important to us. Someone who really knows how to network well is a very valuable asset to your business. Um, and I would say third is the person was so personable. This is someone you see them in the room. I mean, the first time I heard this person say something wasn't yesterday. We saw this person stand up and speak for a minute, maybe. And I immediately thought that's somebody I need to go speak with. So that person is you know, very attractive to other people because they're interesting. You want to get to know them and they're, they're able to carry on a conversation with anyone. Yeah, I saw I see the same thing for sure. For sure. So we we talked to she's a woman and we talked to her for, I don't know, an hour and 15 minutes or so. And then she had to go to an appointment and we we realized that we liked her. And we there's a couple of things that make it a little bit challenging for us to figure out how we're going to bring her on. One is, is candidly the compensation. We have zero revenue in this business now where we're weeks away, days away, probably 10 days away from actually having some revenue, but our revenue co- will just cover the costs of, not even, a, a fraction of the cost of content creation. So we are going to have to ask the first person that comes on to do the work for us as a side hustle to start. My hope would be for, uh, as a side hustle for maybe six months until we have until we have enough revenue to bring her on full time. So that's that's one of the things that's a complication. And that's a complication for those of you out there who are entrepreneurs who are starting any business is employee number one or number two. How do you pay them? Right. You uh, you can you can pay it out of your out of your own pocket. And we're, we're already bootstrapping this and funding all the content creation and distribution and event planning and that sort of thing out of our out of our pockets right now. So 
there's not a lot of, and the time that we're dedicating to doing this is we're losing out on opportunity costs to develop other business outside of. Nicole is not getting any legal work other than the work she's working on. I'm not taking on a ton of new clients. I'm taking on only the new clients I need to feed my family and pay my bills because I'm spending the time working on this. So there's no excess revenue generated for you know other things other than funding this second business. So we need somebody in sales that can help us produce revenue and we're giving up a piece of the revenue generation in order to do that, a big piece of the revenue generation in order to do that. So that's one is compensation, the first challenge. How are we gonna compensate employee number one who's going to be in sales? The second challenge is gonna be and there's Enzo in the background. I don't know if you can hear him. He's he's pro he probably sees something outside. Uh, the second challenge is going to be: Is this person going to be in a in a situation where they feel like they're gonna they're gonna be competing either on a time basis or on a customer basis with their current employer? We don't want the person to compete with their current employer in any way, uh, from a from a business standpoint. The business that they develop with us, they can develop business with our contacts for their current employer, and we'd be fine with that. And we want them to do that so that we're not in any way taking away from the business they would normally develop for their current employer. They should be able to develop business with us and not be competing with their current employer. The second thing is time. They should be able to leverage the time they're using to do both develop business for us and their current employer or develop business from their current for their current employer from 9 to 5 and develop business for us from 5 to 9. So that's the key. We can't ethically, we can't ask somebody to take time that they're getting paid by somebody else to do our work. From an ethical standpoint, I won't do that. I just don't think I don't want somebody doing it to me once I have employees. If my employees have a side hustle, that's fine. Their side hustle has to be five to nine, and I got to get them from nine to five. We're asking somebody to come on board with us as a side hustle, so I'm okay with only getting somebody from five to nine to start, but then once they make full-time revenue with us, I want them to be able to come on full-time. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, and it has to be attractive for that person to want to join us. And it can't interfere with our existing employment. We you know, that's a it's a hard no for us, and not only ethically but legally. So we're not we're not asking that, but we're looking for the right talent, and hopefully we're going to make this attract. We're looking for the right talent, and our objective is to make this attractive enough that that person will want to come on board with us full time. And I I am confident we'll be able to do that once we you know show them what we're building here and given the value that we believe that we are delivering to people with this business. Yeah, so we left it with this person, and I'm I'm kind of curious as to what you thought about this. I didn't ask you, so I'm uh, I'm quite aggressive, and when when she was getting up to leave, or right before she was getting up to leave, I said, "What do you got going on this week?" And she told us, and I said, "I want to go with you," and she looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, "Whatever sales calls you got, whatever networking you're gonna do," I said, "I'm traveling Tuesday and Wednesday. I'll be home Thursday." If there's something I can go with you to on Friday or the following week, the first two weeks in October, I'm home both weeks. I want to go with you. I want to see you in action. I'll help you. I'll help sell for you with your current employer. And she just kind of looked at me, but she said yes. She, she said yes. said yes. 
And I will tell you when you, I mean, let me give you the outsider's perspective. Like if you, I mean, you hear Dave here on the podcast, you see us on YouTube, but if you see him in his role, in his professional role, he's intimidating for someone to be confronted with this out of the blue, not knowing this is coming. And for you to say, we're basically doing a ride along as if this was day one, you're my salesperson and you're on the job. And the way that she received that and responded was just excellent. It told me a lot about who that person is because she really didn't skip a beat. I mean, she just was looking at you like he's being serious. That was the only thing she questioned, but she was very confident in her response. So I, I really, I mean, I think this is, I think there's someone uh, really special here. <laughs> so I so la- last night last night I my daughter was at a friend's house and I went and picked her up at like nine o'clock and my wife was coming home from a business trip so we went to the airport at nine thirty to pick up my wife my daughter and I together we're we're inside the airport at baggage claim waiting for my wife to come down the escalator to go to baggage claim and I take out my phone and. <laughs> I, I I was going to call this person. I, I'm looking up the phone number and I push the button to call the person. And my daughter's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm calling somebody. She's like, who are you calling now? I'm like, somebody from work. She's like, you can't call a work person at 930 at night on a Friday night. What's wrong with you? You can't do that. And I'm like, oh, all right. Maybe I shouldn't do that. And I stopped. <laughs> So, yeah, advice, I guess I, I, I guess I'm a little <laughs> I guess I'm a little into it. Yeah. Um, so there's so there's that one more one more quick thing that um, that I think that I think we should talk about is well two things. Well, we're going to do events in 2024. Well, I actually, actually I should throw this out there. We've discussed it, but we didn't get a hard I didn't get a hard yes from you on this. So I have all these speaking engagements for Vistage booked and they're they're clustered around like six different cities and of the cities right now probably three of the cities are decent for follow-up events and I want to be able to leverage this speaking time not just to get individual leads but to put a bunch of people in a room and do an event so I think I wrote down I have it in my notes here I wrote down the cities that make sense here it is right here so the cities that make sense are Houston in February and San Francisco and Dallas in March right now. I have a full week in San Francisco. I have a full week in Dallas in March. And then Houston in February, I have a full week. So to do this, I'm thinking, one of the things I'm thinking is potentially, and I'm going to talk to the SEO guy that you and I have uh, have kind of connected with. I'm, ta- I'm thinking about potentially setting up a landing page for Houston and for, for Dallas and San Francisco and marketing it as a local event, maybe with some pay-per-click advertising to drive business owners, entrepreneurs to the local event, charge a fee for the event, make it a half-day seminar on exit strategy or half-day seminar on business strategy. We got to test which works better. And then do some local pay-per-click advertising, maybe some remarketing with people who are currently on my list and some Facebook ads for people um, and he can build lookalike audiences from people who are interested and maybe drive people to to a landing page to sign up for some of these events with the premise that if we charge, say, 250 to attend this half day business strategy event, that it'll be it'll be self-liquidating. It'll pay for the pay for the advertising. I can't believe it would cost us more than two hundred and fifty dollars per person to put in the you know, cost per acquisition can't be more than two hundred and fifty dollars. So the travel is covered because I'm going to that city anyway. Uh, if you if you are free, you come do the event with me. If you're not free, you don't come and do the event with me. But I think 
it makes sense to test that. February is not that far away. I think a six-month run-up is what, what we probably need. I don't like the fact that the two events are back-to-back in March, so maybe I pick one of those two cities and just do one of the two and not the two in March. I am confident that I have Portland in December of 2024, but I don't even want to think about that now. There, I'm confident that I'll get more. Like I have Columbia, South Carolina for four days, but I don't know that Columbia is a big enough market for you know to warrant this. What are your thoughts on that? I think this is an excellent opportunity given that you already have these planned. I do think there is a high value to be placed on in-person interaction in trying to get people involved in what we're doing. So you will be sitting in a room with them delivering value. So they're already seeing how you would work with respect to this business. And then having that ask at the end of that presentation, I do think is going to increase our numbers in having people join us for the business. So I do think it's a great idea. I just, I, I want to emphasize it again. There's, there's, a, there's a high value on these in-person interactions with people. So the other thing that leads me to is kind of training as a gateway to this. So we've talked about doing a speaking, you know, how to leverage speaking as a lead generation opportunity. It's great for professionals. It may be good for some CEOs, but I think we need to do that for two reasons. And by the way, I I already sold this to one of my clients, so I'm already creating the content. So we'll just repurpose the content for people off the street. So I think it's good for professionals because we have two sides of our business. We have professionals and we have CEOs. We need to teach the professionals to be able to deliver in a smart way. And they need to be able to leverage the people we're putting them in front of to develop business for themselves. The big attraction for the CEOs is they get advice from professionals in a group setting without having to engage them. But then when they have a thorny issue and they need a lawyer, they're going to hire the lawyer. So we have to be able to teach these professionals how to sell, which is like, you know, teaching a dog to play the piano. So it's not an easy thing to do. Part of what we're going to have to teach them to do is to deliver a presentation like a human to another human and not to the court in the case of an attorney. Um, you know, I've seen accountants deliver presentations and it's very academic. It's very dry. So this the seminar that I'm doing for my clients is a, is could be delivered in a two day format. You want to uh, you're going to attend the first one and you want to um, help facilitate that with me. We could leverage that to attract professionals and also to generate revenue for this that we can funnel back into this for other things. So and I think there's an opportunity for us to teach people to do podcasts as a way to do the same thing. And there's probably other content we could be delivering to people. We could teach people how to do breakfast events as a lead generation opportunity, right? So I think if we have three of those and they're two-day seminars, we could probably attract professionals into the organization that way. We could throw off some revenue that we could funnel into the business while we're, while we're ramping the business up. We could work together, which we love to do, I think would be great. And it's a great way for us to... Um, get you off of the heroin or crack of your choice of the legal profession and give you some some revenue to make an honest woman out of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I love, look, you know, I love the practice of law, but there's, there's great ways to use that legal skill set and enjoy doing what I do without having um, so many nasty adversaries. <laughs> That's what makes the practice of law really tough. And it's really stressful with so many deadlines. 
Um, it's just, it's a, it's a lot. It is. But, you know, let me just go back to like these speaking opportunities generally. You, know, you and I both individually have so many speaking opportunities right now that I think this is a really good natural fit for us to do this with our business. You know, we are, I'm presenting in court every week. You are presenting um, to CEOs through Vistage you know, three weeks out of the month, every month. Uh, we have networking groups that you and I present to, you know, each have multiple networking groups that we present to monthly now through Profizers. So I think the in-person events with us speaking and doing that together with our dynamic is really going to be an excellent next step to what we've been doing. I agree with you. I agree with you for sure. And I'm saying no to speaking events. In fact, we're going to do a show on that today. We're going to do a show on productivity today. I'm saying no to... I said no to two speaking events this week that were one was on Zoom, but it was free and I'm not doing I'm not I'm not investing any more of my time on non-revenue producing activities. And the other was in person. And the I'm you know, the person sent it to me and I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking to myself, is this person out of their out of their mind asking me to travel somewhere and speak to a group for free? But then I'm thinking, you know, if I didn't have work, I would do this. So the person's not out of their mind. I'd be out of my mind to say yes. So I, I said no to it. So yeah, I mean, we've, we've got a lot. We're doing, we're doing a lot of that. And the more you do, the better, the better you get. All right, what else, what else do you have to wrap up today's Sunday special, which is, which is basically a business strategy session that we let you, our listener, into. You are so lucky that you joined us today for the Sunday special that you got to hear our business strategy session. So... What um, what else do you have, Nikki? You know what? I'm going to wrap up, Dave, with the the power of no, because that's that's what you just talked about, and I can't emphasize how important that is. You're building a business. You're going to have to start saying no to other opportunities that are coming at you that are not going to be the best things you can do for your business right now. So you and I both need to do that more, and I think we're both in the process of doing that more, is saying no to those so that we can focus all of our efforts on developing this business. So you're hearing it today. We're going to be focusing on it. All righty. That's the Sunday special, folks. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Dave Lorenzo, the godfather of growth, and she is... Nikki G. So won't you join us back here tomorrow for a regular show with regular opening and closing. And if you like what you heard, share it with somebody else because we don't do any advertising. The way the show grows is by word of mouth, by you sending this show to another entrepreneur, to another friend. You'll get good karma out of it, and you may just change somebody's business or improve their life. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you back here again tomorrow for the Inside BS Show.